Welcome to the Marvelverse podcast, across the airwaves podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Marvel's Netflix shows. I'm Nikki Amy, your very sad and dressed in all black hostess, <laughs> even though my all black shirt has David Bowie on it. Um, Which is even more sad if you want to think um, it. Yeah, now I'm even sadder. There are some things you just don't get over. Yes. And uh, join me there. Some fellows who just can't quite that be out of it. <laughs> to talk about this week's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Introduce yourselves, guys. Uh, I'm James Hafel, and I um, don't want Ada to become a human, please. <laughs> Although, actually, I could see one advantage, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> and I'm Wes Kim. On a brighter note, I know what I'm going to do with the Asgardian gold that Thor gave me. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to buy Odin's beard. See what I did there? Yes, I got you. And I'm Steve Nostro. No worthy comment again. Okay, before that's funnier than anything anybody else has said in week, Steve. So don't sell yourself short. Before before we get into the news, I wanted to get Nikki's thoughts on a couple things. What did you think of the Cloak and Dagger teaser that we got last week? Because you weren't with it us. Looked, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I had uh, kind of uh, I had to pick James up the airport. Yes, <laughs> not me. Yes. Not this James. No, we know James. different James. Yes. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, he, I didn't know I was picking him up, otherwise I would have, uh, asked us to reschedule the podcast, but, uh, anyway, but, um, I thought it looked interesting, it made me want to watch it, whereas before I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And, and what did you think of the news that came out of the Marvel Open House, specifically the news of who we got for Captain Marvel directors, and what, and we're gonna loop this into the news now, about Brie Larson's comments about why she took the role as Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. Um, I well, she wasn't really on my radar for to be her, but when she was cast, I was like, I could see it. Um, there are other actresses I had in mind, though some of them would probably be too old to take a role, like Katie Sackhoff. Uh, but I I forgot who's directing Mar- Captain Marvel. Um, J- James, can you help me out? Can you help me out here? I need to look it up. Ryan Fleck and the other I can't remember Melissa something or other, I believe, but they they directed uh, Mississippi Grind and yes. um, it's and, kind of a funny story. Is the other one and have Nelson, which R- Ryan Gosling got a. Uh, Oscar nomination for what, what? What do you what do you think about the potentiality of both Brie Larson in this role and the director's cast? It, it's not that far off from what we've seen from Marvel because they like people that can bring an interesting perspective to their roles. Well, yeah, I think when they hired Taika for Ragnarok, I think that showed a real bold move because he'd never done anything one with a huge budget like this. I mean, his stuff is all really low budget, um, and he definitely brings a different sensibility. But I think we've seen what we've seen of his work on Ragnarok I think he's perfect for the, for that um, I think Marvel has done a really great job choosing directors um, I mean John Favreau started it all and I, th- I think he kind of set the tone and then Joss to bring in Joss Whedon as a writer and director 
and then the, the Russos and even, Ke- you know, Kenneth Rada, who turned a, what could have been a silly superhero, outer space superhero into Shakespearean drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they pick, I think that, you know, Alan Taylor for Dark World wasn't really stretching them. I think that was probably, even though I think he's a good director, another thing, huge Game of Thrones fan. Um, but that wasn't all his fault because there were, no, produ- no. There were production was, vo- was way before he came on board. Right. He wasn't the original director and then yeah. there's Natalie Portman stuff. But I think even going back to Joe Johnston who directed the first Cat movie. I Very think underrated, picked, I thought. I agree. Me too. I, I, I think that they have shown a lot of diversity and then, you know, you bring in James Gunn who again has not, like Taika did smaller film, um, but has the sense of humor and has the sensibility to pull these things off. And so far, you know, even with the change of Ant-Man director from my beloved Edgar Wright to Peyton Reed. Which was phenomenal that he can do a turnaround that quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was most of the reason I was looking forward to Ant-Man when, once I found out Wasp wasn't involved, because you guys know how much I love her. Um, I was yet. really like... Not, distrib- not out yet. Not yet. Not involved yet. <laughs> but I was really bummed that we're losing Edgar because I'm such a huge, huge fan. Uh, but I think Peyton did a really great job and uh, I think Paul Rudd was awesome. So I think Marvel's choice of directors has been pretty much, you know, batting 99%, 98%. So if, you know, I saw Paul Nelson, I thought it was a great film. Totally underrated. It's um, half Nelson, actually. but <laughs> Half Nelson. I always for, I always call it that. And that's, that's why I can't find it whenever I'm, like, looking at my DVDs. Nelson! Because uh, they're, they're, they're all alphabetized. Um, oh, you're uh, one of those people. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, so, I, you know, I'm intrigued, as always. I love Carol Danvers. And I, I no. you know, I would like, would have preferred Monica Rambeau's cap, Captain Marvel. Uh, just because I think it's more diverse. And I think she was kind of, that character was kind of shit on. Uh, by oh. Mar- by Marvel comic creative directing team. Uh, so, but yeah. But I love. But I going to Captain Marvel specifically. I love the the um Kelly Sue iconic run uh, that 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 just ended, and I love the fact yeah. that um Michelle Fazekas and Tara Butters, the showrunners of of Agent Carter, are now writing the books for Captain Marvel. I love that yeah. the directors for Captain Marvel actually flew in on their own time from New York to do to just do pitch meetings that show that showed Marvel Studios that these people really care about the work that they're doing. And you know, I I love what Brie Larson said in her interview for Vanity Fair like last week when she's said the importance of this character not only in the Marvel Universe but to little girls growing up with and she wanted something like this growing up and she knows how how pivotal it is to have a figure like this in this kind of pop culture yeah mm-hmm. no she's she's awesome I, I love Brie first time I saw her was in Trainwreck yeah and I thought she really stole it the show for maybe she were which is hard to do um, and she did de- and she deserved her Oscar in room that was one of yeah, the best I, performances I, I, I agree. I think she she's she's very talented, and I look forward to what she brings. I mean, I I love Carol and I love Bree, so um, I'm not the biggest Captain Marvel fan. I haven't had that much exposure to her except in team ups. I never really read her solo titles until recently. So I I, I can totally see Brie Larson like telling both Captain America and Iron Man to screw up. I could see oh, yeah. that. And I could see, see yeah. Bree. Yeah. I could see Bree delivering that totally honestly and organically and making it 
at work. But still have the, but still have the heart and the empathy to basically give somebody a hug after somebody died. Right. Carol is a very sensitive character, and she's also incredibly strong in every sense of the word. And she loves um, her cats. Yes, and I just, my biggest question, and I think the most important question we have to ask about doing a Captain Marvel film is mohawk or no mohawk? And that's something that they hid a lot. That's something they conveniently hid at the open house, because they did show the Captain Marvel suit to people, like the actual suit. It does have the iconic colors of the blue, the yellow, the red, and the gold, but there is a little bit of silver accents. And my friend, yeah, and my and my and a buddy of mine, Mark Hughes, who actually works for work, writes for Forbes, he actually got to go and he said the material that is on the suit looks a lot like what the same material as Ant Man's suit. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, and and I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie because I think I think this is the, the movie that we need for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not just for diversity, but <laughs> like Black Widow should have gotten her own movie a long time ago. I'm thankful that she's finally gonna get one, but she should have gotten one a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. I agree. You yeah. can't just relegate Black Widow to the chick in no. a Marvel film, and that's what I I worried about when she was introduced in Iron Man Two was that she was just gonna be the chick, but she I think the casting of Scarlett Johansson negated my worry about that. I and just, also, she just like stole the movie in a lot of ways. Basically, yeah. yeah. And I'm very and happy to hear that that that, that uh, Brie Larson has said that a lot of the ideas for the character that she had, Marvel Studios has ta- listened to her and said, oh, that's a good idea, let's do that. Well, mm-hmm. Marvel, I think their studios have been very smart in that they do listen to the actors. I think, you know, they listen to Robert, uh, especially with Tony and I, with, being, with him being Tony Stark and Iron Man. I think that the directors they choose are much more collaborative than perhaps another studio's superhero directors. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas and, they're willing, they want the they want the actors to become so enmeshed in this character that they know better than even the director and, how the character should be played. And I think that's yep. when you have a collaborative process that is far Works. superior than most collaborative process because you have to have a director that trusts their actor. You have to have an actor who trusts their director and you have to have a, I mean, speaking as someone who used to act, the one thing you don't want is to have your vision of who your character is after you've like got to know that character to be stifled by somebody else's saying, no, I don't see it that way. And then it's like, that's not an authentic performance anymore because you're not playing the way you organically felt it. You're playing it the way somebody else wants you to. And to me, that breeds, uh, you know, poor production quality and poor relationship. I, th- I think I'm never going to <coughs> question Marvel Studios after hearing the guys that did You, Me, and Dupree and the and the PayPal episodes of Community are going to do a Captain America movie and then I saw what we got, and especially after Civil War. So, so like, here's the thing about audiences, geek audiences and general audience audiences. Once you, like, gain people's tr- trust, they're pretty much willing to go anywhere anywhere you, you want to go. And I think Marvel's earned that. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of these cynical people, not just DC fans, but the cynical people, like, want to crap on Marvel because, you know, that's not the easiest thing in the world to get. And now that Marvel's got it, it's not fair to all. 
people. To that I say, well, too bad. They had the formula looking them right in the face because they saw Marvel's success and they deliberately decided that they thought they could do it better in a shorter amount of time without a buildup, without developing the franchise, without yeah. and they, they let a hack change who these characters were. And yes, I'm talking yeah. about Zack Snyder, um, yeah, who Zach. decided that he knew better than generation of comic book readers and writers. And that me is that to me that arrogance is the same that gave us Catwoman. Oh. Um, and it's unforgivable because oh. I remember vividly being at Comic Con and that Catwoman panel and the director telling a room that what was then the biggest room, which was the one upstairs before Hall H was built, was he didn't have to please the fans. Oh. He wrote this was his Catwoman and this was what he wanted to do and he really said it doesn't matter what you want. This is what I wanted to do. And one, the movie was awful because it was very clear that no one understood Catwoman as oh. a character and especially not the director who had decades of re- you know, decades of comic books to fall back on and read and thought he knew better. And I think that arrogance is what's missing at Marvel because they all want to make these for us because they are fan too. And I don't really feel like other studios who are doing superhero films, are they're not hiring fans or people who know these properties. They're well, just hiring someone they think will make another 300. Well, I think um, I think uh, David Ayer definitely knows the knows the characters. He just didn't have a lot of time to actually like right. figure out what he was doing with well, the that's, characters. He's really the exception because they made him go. They made him go in and change things. And I right. think if we had got his vision of Suicide Squad, oh, we would have all been a lot, yeah. a lot. Well, actually, lot like he, he even admitted though that he didn't get a chance to like uh, like he if he had done it, if he would have done it differently, he would have changed yeah. the script around. So I feel like um, yeah, it's anyways. But I think, is this in DC uh, chat? We need uh, to talk uh, about yeah, it I, wa- I want to mention a programming note actually. The History Channel tonight is doing a special two-part documentary on the history of superheroes. So if you have the History Channel, please check that out. I, I believe it starts at nine, nine o'clock. I hope that they're gonna make that on demand because, uh, like, the History Channel did su- such a good job with like the Star Wars documentaries and the Indiana Jones documentaries. So I think they'll do a great job with this too. But moving on to some news outside of the MCU, we're gonna go back into the MCU in a bit. Um, we're going to get a black and white version of Logan. Discuss. Yay. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I saw. I, I loved it. But I don't feel that, that there's a necessity in seeing it black and white. Yeah, no. I think James has a different opinion than y'all. So I'll let James I'm talk. Just, I mean, just I'm just like I just want to see what it looks like because um uh I've seen a lot of like clips from the Chrome version of uh, Mad Max Fury Road, for example, and like that gives it a really interesting look. And I want to um see how it's applied to Logan because it, it's something that James Mangold obviously has like a stake in because he's talked about how like he wanted to do a black and white cut ever since he started he saw, saw the uh, original cut. So I'm like, okay. Let's see what you got, man. I'm gonna see what like you're gonna what you're gonna bring here. Because black it, and white really does have a lot of I, applications. I, I think it would have been a like bigger. This. I think it would have been a bigger deal if they came out with just that initially. You know, just a black and white version initially. I think that would have made a bigger deal just because it been so different. I think this is just a, a way that Fox can just make more money on the project, and yep. it just so it just so happens to fit James Mangold's plan. I mean, I mean, with all due respect to James. 
mangled, I like James mangled, but really and truly, Fox does not care about what he wants. They want, they just yeah, want, they just want more money. Yeah, because they have, I, they literally have nothing out this summer other than Planet of the Apes, which actually looks really good. Well, I actually, I'm gonna disagree on that. I don't think that Fox just wants to make. I mean, I'm sure that the money is definitely um, a, a oh, what, what, to them. Why they allowed to, Why they allowed him to right. do it? Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. The fact that it's going to be so limited in its time at theaters, um, yeah. I hope that they include that, you know, the black and white version on the DVD. Yeah, I think, it, I think he actually said that they are going to put it on the DVD. It'd be, it'd be stupid awesome. not to. It'd yeah. be stupid not to, quite frankly. I, to, I just to, think that, I mean, well, I don't think it was really necessary. I Like you, James, I'm intrigued to see it because I'm a fan of black and white films. I mean, those are some of my favorite films in the world. And you invoke the name of one of my top five favorite movies of all time, Mad Macquarie Road. Uh, but I don't know if I'll see it in the theater, but I'm intrigued to see it. Uh, but I think that if this is something he's wanted to do and knowing how, and I read the article, how extensive this process is to make this film black and white. Um, the fact that they're doing all that and putting so much extra money into it just sh- shows me that they have a lot of faith in the product rather than just trying, than solely being motivated by greed. Mm. And I think that, I don't know if, if they'd released it in black and white to begin with that would have done well because there are people who have this weird Hatred. thing about black and white or are too old or it does it's not relevant. It makes it look, you know, and I was like, no, I think if you, if you, if you brought black and white back in that way, yeah. uh, it would actually, I think, bring back the art form. Um, just, so I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't think it was necessary, but I'm intrigued to see it. And just, I'm just worried about like certain scenes in the movie <laughs> might be a little bit weird to watch in black and white because there's already so much darkness already. So I'm just like, uh, but, I, but I think the, yeah. but I think the scene with Charles and Logan in the silo near the beginning. Yeah. And, and again, this is not the, but if you've not seen Logan by now, then the, like it doesn't really matter to you to get spoiled on this. But specifically the scenes in the silo near the beginning of the film, I think will work best in black and white. But we have to move on to some other stories. I like the um, Marvel vs. Capcom teaser fighting game trailer that we got. I love the cartoony look of it. I, I can't wait to play the game once again. Uh, some news about the Ma- Ma- Miles Morales Spider-Man movie. It's been moved so it's not going to com- compete with Aquaman. And props, to, and props to Sony for actually wanting this to actually make some money in the cinemas. I give Sony a lot of crap on these shows, but I like the fact that they actually want to want to make money on this animated film. But moving on to our last news article, Avengers 4, or what it is and what it isn't called. And may I say this? Um, at this point, just release the damn title Wait. of the movie. I know. Not if it's not if it's gonna spoil what's gonna happen in the third in, in Infinity War. I mean, I think if if it's that much of a spoiler that they can't even release the title, then I yeah. think holding on to it is a smart thing to do. I don't know if what Zoe Saldana said was actually accurate or if that was well, a working title. J- James Gunn says James Gunn says not the title. But if, yeah. it, but if it is or if it, but if it is the title, what's the big deal? People, I've said I said this on Facebook and I'll say it here: people who know th- what that is in reference to knows what that means is that not, not going to spoil it for anybody and people who are the general audience that would affect them much anyway so what dif- which means it's probably not which which again confirms that it's probably not that title because marvel's not that cagey right yeah yeah i think i don't i don't i think if i don't want to be spoiled i might know the history of the affinity war 
I might know the history of the gauntlet. I might know, and millions of other people do too. But still, I don't want to walk into a movie knowing how it's going to end. You know, I don't, I want to go for the ride. I might know basically where I'm going to end up, but I want to be there for the ride. And I don't want to be thinking, well, I don't want there to be a lack of tension because when you have, you go through the movie knowing exactly how it's going to end or uh, like when I saw the movie Life. I mean, I knew from the second trailer who wasn't going to die because they showed too much. And I'm like, so there was no tension in those scenes where those lives put in jeopardy. I, I see your point, but unless the title is like the Avengers Rise of New Avengers, I'm just saying if that's the title, then I then I see your point of then I well, see I the point of wanting I think to that's keep that under wraps. That's not something they would worry about spoiling if it was the rise of the New Avengers because those of us who know, know that the new Avengers worked with the original Avengers and there's no real it's not we don't I don't think we'd go in going oh they're going to kill off the entire original Avengers lineup yeah. they're just going to be introducing new Avengers because that is a comic book and there are always new Avengers yeah. so I'm I just not... think that I like having not, I like not knowing because I like the building of the tension and I don't want to go in there well this isn't going to mean anything in the end this isn't going to mean anything to the end of the movie oh well they're setting it up for the sequel here because I know what the sequel is going to be about now yeah but but here, but here's and I see people's points on this, but like, again, if a title is that spoilery, here's my viewpoint on it. Don't title it that. Then, yeah, change uh, well, whatever, uh, they, whatever they've decided, I bet they've changed it like four times. Yeah, the yeah, no, no, no pun intended <laughs> or, on the four. Or, but, you know what I, but you know what I mean? If the title is really that spoilery, maybe you shouldn't call it that name. I think they like keeping Yeah, I think they also like keeping us like on our toes. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah because Marvel's been notoriously like bash wrongly so may I add for like giving away too much and you know like not like waiting enough for the cinema I think that is absolute hogwash because because the same people that say that are the same people that search out this kind of news so like, what what difference does it make but I think it's time that we get into our main event lady and gentlemen okay so main event, <laughs> the main event please no Barbara Streisand with bad hair um, <laughs> oh gosh I just dated myself for all those people out there, didn't I? Yeah, uh, Papa, we can definitely hear you. <laughs> so, yeah. what are we doing today, James? We're discussing episode 19 of season 4 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. titled All the Madam's Men, in which, Coulson, which in all caps, Coulson's team learns a ter- terrifying secret. <laughs> all caps. It's, in all, it's in all caps because the, when I cut pasted it from the article, it was in all caps and I didn't change it because yeah. that would take too much work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James, you I were... did it on my phone. James, for internet, <laughs> for internet etiquette, we need to re-edit you screaming that, screaming all those capital letters because that is no we don't <laughs> no no because well that is no. inter- that is my, internet podca- etiquette. my podcast we don't do that yeah <laughs> next you'll be wanting to scream out a window woo well all i could do that don't cry for me marvelous Please don't do that again. Oh, God. Anyway. So, we had a pretty exciting, uh, adventurous episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, starting with (laughs) Team Daisy May. Or as they call them in, um, other circles, Day. Day. um, (laughs) That's just, no, no. Stop it. Stop it, people. (laughs) Yeah, that that sound you heard was me me laughing at Nikki's statement about saying this was an exciting episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm sorry. This was, (laughs) there was a, a better for a filler episode of Agents of Shield, this one was it. I mean, it was May, May Day instead. I mean, it was necessary. <laughs> but... Oh, May Day's part. That, oh, Dave, that's 
oh my gosh, that is that Mayday. I'm changing it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, but, um, any, but anyway, I really, I, I, I felt kind of, kind of bored in this episode just because, of, like, it really did feel like a bridge to the next episode. I know we needed it, but like, really, uh, to me, like, watching it again for the second time, like, this is just like the first 15 minutes of a larger story that's gonna happen next week. I mean, there were good things in it. Don't get me wrong, but I was. I was like monumentally, monumentally tedious. I think is a nice word because I, I did want to say it was boring, but it, like it was like, ah, like this is all just exposition heavy. This episode. Uh, oh, okay. Well, those are sometimes necessary. But... Uh, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong. I understand that, but it was like, eh, I didn't hate it. I was just like, meh. I still think that Daisy not, uh, quaking ate out of a window was still pretty. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, Skippy, yeah. Yeah, I totally thought it was a total missed opportunity when they like did the like bird's eye view thing and and Ada didn't just like open her eyes like a horror movie <laughs> I was real actually I was expecting that that was really glad yeah like wh- like why would you do that shot if you weren't gonna do something like that it makes no sense I think the uh, uh I was I was like I said I was really glad they did because I, I was expecting it and I don't like the, to be expecting it the one thing I just felt very concerned about is like she fell I would say about approximately 20 stories how do they expect how do they like even expect her to survive from that and how do you like how do you not how do you think she how do you not think she's like yeah. something else if she survived that well again thing? James like this is her world she's controlling it so I guess she could just make them believe like whatever yeah, she wants still, it's them like to come on be, come on it bitch. was just, a little you're a doctor there was a, there was a suspension <laughs> of disbelief that was necessary but when you realize like we said it's she's created this world she created the rules for this world so yeah. the, in her world she cannot be killed in that way but she was severely injured enough in that way <laughs> she, she twisted it to her own advantage in any oh, way. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what... a manipulative little bitch. <laughs> that's the whole point of yeah. that's her whole character. Well, is just that she plays it beautifully while she's being a manipulative little bitch. Yeah, and exactly, like, and, and, you, and, and you have no problem with that, James, but you also, like, have no problem with every time you see Ada through the course of a day, her bruising just gets ever so worse every time you see her. That's good makeup. I that's what, what I that didn't is. notice that. Steve, what were you going to say? I, I I could barely hear you. I was just I was just laughing. I think. I, don't know. Okay. I, I I did love the John Woo like opening in the teaser with May and Daisy after Daisy goes through the Terragenesis again, and we see that awesome thing with the guns. Very violent for Agents of Shield. Don't see a lot of gunshot, like blatant gunshot wounds in this yeah, show. I was really I was really happy to see kind of a return to uh, the May that I love the most. The her, my favorite moment of Agent May is when she kicked Ward's ass in season one. Mm. Uh, at the end of the season, you mean? What? No, no. When, no. At the, when we when we discover that Ward was Hydra and May and, took when him out. When she nails his foot to yeah. the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was at that the end of the, the season. That was the greatest fight scene in the history of television. Yes, it was. And this one, and May getting back to that, I mean, we've seen May kicking ass since then, but to me, this was just like, poof. And to be teamed up with the person that she trained to fight like her and to watch how beautifully it was choreographed. I mean, I prop to the stunt guys and the team that coordinates all that and to the special effects department because they made that look, like you said, like a John Woo film yeah and I, I loved it i was like on the edge of my seat on the edge of my bed yeah, oh, and I, I could tweet during that bit during that sequence well chloe bennett like, needed, well, needed to make up to the fans because last week all she did was sit down so we, <laughs> so, so we didn't oh, well i mean seriously like all she like she barely stood up the whole episode last week she was, so she was making well, up for it by the way it was nice to see daisy and may just by themselves because we hadn't seen that in a while 
long time. Yeah, that was one of the reasons I loved that that most. That well, I loved the episode was when we kind of got May back, um, and she got she understood what was going on. She understood, you know, she she understood this was a framework, and the fact that she had all these little hints and these moments of like with Holson, uh, with fixing his tie and stuff. I was like, that she's we're getting our May back. So we really haven't had May for a good well, part of the season, and yeah, it's yeah. bothered me. And, and also that um that whole line when Cole's when like uh Colson stepped between the shotgun and uh May and just like for reasons I can't entirely explain I trust this woman just like yeah. Ooh, by, so by the way right speaking, to my heart by right. the way speaking of that scene how stupid was that guy that got shot in the leg <gasps> like look Daisy and May are hiding behind dumpsters you stupid idiot and you're just standing out in the middle of the open and you're walking talking do you say yeah. this every time you watch a Star Trek episode and the red shirt <laughs> guy goes down well no, okay. well no I mean I mean but here's every the, time a stormtrooper gets shot but here's yeah. the but here's the thing I hate it when guys are like oh I'm a badass so I'm part of the, the resistance that's what I I like when those kind of assholes get get their ass handed to them by yeah. women but, you or know, by anybody because it's like that arrogant pisses me off more than anything else but I think you have to have cannon fodder <laughs> in a show like this and in a, in a world like this you have to and he was the red shirt yeah. he was the stormtrooper well in this case you the know, red pants the red pants yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, thank you James I, I really I really love before we get before we forget I'm sorry I have to talk about Mac and Hope I really like how Mac is really adjusted into this like do good or father kind of role and I love how like Ward's being just Ward and you know Mac's like don't say that in front of my daughter he's not really being all that like he's no. just being kind of a downer not so much like I don't yeah I, I yeah. agree I, I don't think he's any different really than the Mac that we have in our world because he doesn't have hope in our world and he doesn't have something that he has to protect and live for. No and, pun intended by the no hope thing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I really wasn't going there. Uh, but I think if I think not having a daughter in the real world, so to speak, gives him makes him more uh, reckless in a way. Not a hundred percent. He is he he is our cerebral dude, Mac. He is very cerebral. He doesn't just jump into things, but he takes more risks. And I think when we see him as a father, he's not taking as many risks because he has a child to look after and mm. I think that but I think that the character and how Henry is playing him I think it's entirely consistent the framework Mac versus our Mac that mm. he's being the same Mac I feel so different, priori- different priorities I feel so sorry for him though but because his daughter's much more <coughs> smarter than he is Jay <laughs> what were you saying well I mean also that like um, in both the real world and the framework Mac is also a little bit very hesitant to trust um, like when he doesn't trust something he really doesn't trust it and like you can tell with because um with ada was the same way with the inhu with um like our shield in the season two way back when and then yeah like he's i mean hell when she he first met elena even though he was attracted to her he didn't really trust her at first well i think that i think that his experience losing his child informed a lot of who he is and uh as our mac in the real world um and he's hesitant to trust because i mean he thought he was with the real shield and then he finds out this whole other thing is going on so i think if Mac doesn't take betrayal well. And he doesn't take leaving well either. Look at what happened when Bobby and Hunter both left. <laughs> yeah, none of us took that well. I mean, I mean, um, he, he tried to hide it, but like, Mac is in no, the he same... Was, he was in tears. He was you pretty, can see it. Yeah, he was, he was pretty... Well, no, I'm talking about... That's as emotional as we're going to get from Mac because he is that strong, silent guy. He is, he doesn't express himself the way I think he would, but I think he's guarding his heart yeah, because yeah. of the pain of his past. And Yo-Yo is the first one to kind of almost get in there. I think he's and very similar. Well, as a friend. I think he's very so, similar to Fitz in that way. Like th- that's why they're such, get along. Yeah, that's why 
why they're such good friends. Speaking of Fitz, I loved uh, Ian DeCastiger in this episode. I wouldn't give him the Schwarm Award, but I love how even with all like this, like putting on about being so powerful, because he was like epic scary when he's telling the doctors like leave, and when he's telling yeah. Bakshi no. But you, but you see that one scene with him and Alistair, his father. Like he's still like just a like really scared little kitty that. Well, yeah, I mean, when Ada created the framework, she did completely change who these people were. She just, she she removed their biggest regret, yeah, is what she yeah. said. And, they and his biggest to... regret is his relationship with his father, but it doesn't change the insecurities that are inherent in Vince. Right. Uh, I love his dad, not as a character, because the character... Just the performer. The performer, I think how he's playing it, makes you understand Arfis yeah. more. Yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't make you, it doesn't make us like, it definitely doesn't make us like his father, but like no. it definitely, um, and it basically gives you an idea of like where Fitz came from. Yeah. Right. And I just kept like thinking um, I just kept thinking, don't trust him, he's a death eater. Don't trust him, he's a death eater. Don't trust him, he's a fucking <laughs> freaking horror. And people on Twitter are like, what are you talking about? I was like, watch Harry Potter, the Deathly Hallows. Oh yeah. Was he was he? Oh yeah, he was one of those guys. Yeah. He was the one that Harry took the polyjuice potion and looked like with yeah, infiltrating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And I love the actor. I've seen him in loads of things. I picked out things just that he to watch that he's in because I just I love him and he's not bad looking either. Yeah, um, he was he was in Go- he was in Gotham as well. He was Alfred's friend that shows no, up. I don't watch Gotham. Yeah, but but here's the but here's the thing but here's the thing about Fitz and his father. Like the scary thing for me, <coughs> the scariest thing in this episode for me is when he basically tells his dad passive aggressively that if you screw up again, I'm gonna kill you. Look at the look at Alistair's face. Like I'm so proud of you, son. I know. Yeah, no, yeah. I think well, that, that their their dynamic think- is scary. That and I don't. I also don't think he like honestly believes him either, because I'm pretty sure like as much as uh, Fitz in the framework talk big about uh, to his dad, he's really. I still think he's like his dad didn't make him do anything. Honestly. Oh God, yeah. Not yeah, that it matters that, because like that I am not. I he's still trying to prove himself to his father. Not that it matters to Fitz because quite frankly, whether he kills him or not, it really doesn't matter. This is not a real person. We have to remember well, that too. Well, yeah, but even still, like it's it's, it's real the dynamic him. we're talking about here, right? Like, and it it gives you an insight into why Fitz maybe latched on. To Radcliffe, yeah, in, right. in, in a lot of ways, and, or, or latch on to Gemma, um, or latch on to Aiden. Well, Gemma, that that's about romantic love. That's about friendship. That it's different, but it might explain why he's so determined in the framework to be with Ada is because there is a level of control there, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a part of it that maybe likes that level of somebody having that level of control over him because that's yeah. what he knows. Before I forget, I want to I want to welcome um um Emil Bakshi, or as I like to call Marvel Marvel. Well, I was so happy to welcome Simon back to Simon is the best. Simon is awesome. He's been an amazing friend of our podcast, and he, I would to see him. Nikki, you still there? We lost Nikki. Okay, um, to keep to keep this going, what did what did you guys think of Emil Bakshi? Oh, sorry. Okay, there she is. Yeah, sorry. Continue. Yeah, the return of Neil Bakshi brought back a lot of really great memories of a really intense season and also brought back some not so great memories of someone I used to know who was obsessed with Bakshi. He's still a a cool character. (laughs) No, I will never not love Simon Cassianitis. I will never not love the I thought he was really underutilized the first time we saw him. Oh, I agree. I think he had more to give and the fact that he, I think, was such a good friend to our podcast uh, during Such a good friend to just, um, like, everyone in general because he's he's at that right level of fandom right now where, like, people know him and people will talk to him, but he also isn't busy enough that like he can't talk 
to talk right. back. Yeah. So. He, he, he has sent me really lovely messages, um, especially after Dan, um, cause he listened, he listened to our podcast. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> he, so, I mean, that really, like, when I think of Simon as a human being, that's what I remember is his compassion. I'm sorry about crying. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> it's okay. What, what I love, what I love most about, uh, Bakshi coming back and this is only a short thing. I love that he hasn't really changed very yeah. much at no. all. <laughs> What we do. He's, still, he's still a coward. Yeah, he's still, still kind of stirred. Yeah. But I was really happy to see him all in one piece. I love how he tries to echo Brian Williams like, I have a respected journalist, but he's like electrical tape to that chair. And the no, he's, he's Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. yeah and then really, he just... I mean, I'm pretty sure they, they were like talking about Bill O'Reilly stuff even until like, even before we all, you got all the stuff about him. Yeah, but, <laughs> so. but I yeah, love how, I love how Daisy just quakes him and like, he just goes, just put it on the teleprompter. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because like I said, he's still a coward. Things, but what he is not, he is not stupid. Yes, he's also he's also he's also not brave either. Before no, we go any further, he hides behind a veneer and he hides behind the power that other people have imbued him with. He also hides he behind really the suit. Has the, oh god, that, oh god, yeah. that suit. Before we go any so further, before we go any I, further, I, I want to also because, because I wasn't here last week. Sorry, guys. Um, I guess you could tell who I, you might know who I'm most happy to see again. Uh true. Oh. But before my we go, heart, before, made my heart happy. Before want, we go there, though, I, I want to mention a quick easter egg though um on the screens when we first see bakshi we see on the tv screens speaking speaking of an old friend we see american hero john garrett nice little yeah. homage to the, the the late bill paxton i thought that was a nice touch i yeah. did too i i, I got yeah. a little emotional but uh i was wondering if they'd mention him at all and when ward had said you know somebody he learned a lot from and, made, and yeah and i was just like was and it turned, uh, it was i love the fact that it was victoria another which was another Another great moment because Victoria Hand is such an amazing character who was not. I don't. I think we could have spent a lot more time with her because in the comic she's just phenomenal. Uh, but uh, to have Trip back, really Trip and Gemma together again, to, yeah, and to have that chemistry back. But really, I I actually tweeted to Jen and Marissa, and I don't think I've gotten a response. But that night, I was like, I will can we keep Simon and BJ because <laughs> I said I will walk them and take care of them and make sure they are fed. <laughs> if I can, if we can have them back, please, because I will do you know you saw what i did to get colson back yeah and now i need bobby and hunter back too and, and so it's like we just add them to the list of characters unfortunately i i probably won't be getting back most you know well but, uh, from what we learned in this episode there may be a possibility that somebody that somebody is going to use the ada technology to come back i wanted to mention this before we forget we finally find out what project looking glass is actually actually all about it is trying to basically make herself a vision-esque kind of body where she can actually feel not not vision as she wants to make it flesh and blood i'm pretty sure yeah she's she's trying to be a real girl well i mean a real girl well i mean i mean it's it's all all, it's all trying to pinocchio all over again well i mean it's it's ultron i mean it's ultron but it's not ultron and i also like that we got to actually see soupy again it was because we we kind of forgot about him because we've been in the framework so long and i love that he's still even though he's not flesh and blood himself so for very long anymore that he still wants to get rid of Coulson. I'm, I'm really ready for him to go away. <laughs> he held a knife to my hero. I'm not willing to give to let that one go. I, he kept touching Coulson. I love his I'm frustration sorry. though. Yeah. That was one of the funnier things in the episode. I love it when bad guys want to be bad, but physically they can't. They do it so badly. <laughs> that, that's what I find. That's what I find.
find humorous about it. Hey, you can kind of be for the venture thing. This is what I find. This is what I find humorous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was the moment of comic relief. But speaking of Coulson, my man stepped it up. He, (laughs) he he became the leader shield needs and and he brought Coulson into the framework. And I think it's like another one, like, uh, we should, uh, talk about that scene that he had with, uh, Grant in the office too, because like, I love the homage to the 084. I love that that's what he was looking at in those old papers. You see 084 on those papers? No, yeah, I want to talk about that, James, because that's what I, in that section of the script, it's like, I want to talk about specifically Coulson steps up. That's him basically like, um, it actually like really shows like what, uh, Grant and Coulson's relationship was before Grant turned bad. And it's like, it really does go, does like show that, uh, Coulson was in a lot of ways this char- this whole team's like rock and um <coughs> not the like, rock just a rock well, he's the yeah. glue but yeah and he's the one who like ma- he like uh kind of shows them how to do things right and even if he doesn't really remember exactly who he was in the past like he's still you can still tell that he yes. always is that guy no matter he, what i love yeah. the, the i love the, the smile he, that daisy has when he's like when they bust into baki's like like yeah. tv room <laughs> i just to me that what you, to go to what you said james was it is exactly Colson is and that's exactly why we love him and we fought for him was because I think the biggest word I think the most accurate word to describe Colson is integrity and that's something he never loses no matter what his challenge is is he always lives with integrity and everything he does has that even if he has to do something he doesn't want to it's always a part of who he is whether it's the framework version or if it's our real flesh and blood Colson well not to depress and... Nikki but remember in the last episode Mace died for the, so that Colson could step up he's not going to take that light no I think he took that as the Patriot has, has I'm not going to say it. The Patriot's not here. And, <laughs> uh, remember how I started off this season hating that man? Um, yeah, yeah, we all did. <laughs> but I think that's I think like, that, like that's, he I got think the Patriot okay. did, did, I'm sorry, I'll be, I'll finish. The Patriot yeah. did die to have Colson step up. I think that Cole stepping up was because he was inspired by what he saw. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing that Colson did with Captain America back yeah. in the day too, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. 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 And yeah. it's, um, it's like, uh, good to kind of bring back Mason for real quick. Like he got the strongest arc of this entire season just as a character because oh, yeah. like we um had no idea like what to expect from the beginning for at least for a very long time we didn't but like by the end we were all crying too so it's like yeah. not since Cal has there been greater greater like character development than in one Mace. season to, yeah. yeah one season no less yeah so yeah I, I think the only closest thing closest would be would be that to go from <clears throat> where he started season two to where he ended season two uh, but yeah. but he is a character that we've seen develop over time and whereas these other guys we've had them for a season or a half or yeah. a little over a season so I think that yeah Jeffy will always be in my heart and I beg for him to come back as well oh. Jen and Marissa I think he was the one I promised to walk every day um, <laughs> but but I think it was very clear but I think it was very clear in this episode we saw an empty like table that, that Ada, Ada's moved his body away unfortunately yeah no, she, he's, he's that when I really broke down because I was like well maybe maybe he's still alive nope. uh, yeah, but he I just, even I Jason Omar's like, name is not even in the credits anymore. I don't that that made me sad. And but I, but I, he is still live being so yay. Yeah, I sent him. I sent him a direct message. Yeah. to thank him. And uh, he thinks it's funny that I call him Jeffy. Um, <laughs> but uh, and but then other people are calling him Jeffy. Is. Yeah. But before but before we forget, I do I, I don't want to forget this, and this is something that I wanted to bring towards James's attention. <gasps> Once again, <laughs> May really 
loves the goat, doesn't she? The writers just yeah. keep piling on the goat, piling on the goat, piling on the goat. Well, but, sometimes guilt is her motivation. Yeah. And, but, I think... and also, I think that with Ward, she, um, or with, uh, May, she, um, uh, she's, I think this actually might be a good experience for her because after, like, the whole experience with the, uh, this, I think she's actually going to come out possibly the most motivated, the most healthy minded because she finally realized what she has to live for now. Yeah. Yeah. So, especially last so. week, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't mean to, I don't mean to insult James, but the last scene with Daisy and Ward, I was just thinking to myself, is this really Ward talking or is this just Daisy's projection of what she wanted Ward to say to her? Well, it's both. It's in both, a lot of yeah. Ways. I, yeah. Because, um, because it, it's the Ward, because Ada didn't know who Ward was, so she's going off the Ward that is in the memories of these people. Yeah. Right. And that's who she based on. And so I think Daisy's kind of hope for whatever could have happened with Ward is a big part of what feeding the framework version of Ward. And, and what I think is like going to happen too because like we obviously know that there's apparently like a citizen resistance in the framework i wonder if like um uh he's going to be like the one who comes back to save them all at the end of this once they go actually trying to really save this world because but would he be real or an lmd no i mean like not into the real world but i mean like yeah. when they're help, to go help, the, help the team get out of this world and get back into reality yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I, fully and I don't and if he does go with them it'd be interesting i'm just not sure like what's going to happen i'm still not I, sure if he's going to go or not i mean the only thing we have is like if they make the because they need the dark hold and nice looking, gas, looking glass if they made instead of ada using it if they used it on ward but right. i would i would use it on other characters first well um, <laughs> the thing i'm just guessing is like there's at least three characters right now off the bat that i can think of that they could use it on um or they could use this like uh power to bring back like the writers on the show and it's trip hope and uh grant and i'm just wondering like um how if they have they probably have they have to have decided already because they wrap the season but if they are doing it who and like um how they chose because it's obviously going to be a kind of a choice at the end and i'm really actually at this point i'm actually kind of curious to see if grant's actually not going to going to like choose to stay in the framework as a program instead of like uh well, going out well, into the real world we'll, 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 we'll discuss this more in the spoilers because we're getting into yeah. spoiler territory but i i did want to mention i did want to mention this before before we go, go any further i i loved i love bakshi's like trying to hit on her his makeup <laughs> I think that was like, I think that was like one of the funniest like that was like one of the funniest like slimiest things I've seen on TV in a while and, and like I just love this version of Bakshi but um I, going back to the Dark Cold for a second I thought it was absolutely brilliant. If you look back, and we've been through a lot in this season, probably more than we ever have in the entire four years of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you look back throughout the season, th this is one of the m most perfectly master plans that I've ever seen. Sure, the reveal was kind of kind of flat because we all kind of knew that that's what Ada was actually trying to do. But if you look back throughout this entire s season, it's absolutely brilliant how the writers have mapped everything out. Mm -hmm. Well, they said that at the, before the first season even started, they had everything through season five already planned. Well, I I know, but I'm talking, uh, but I'm I'm just, but here's the thing: planning something out and actually executing it are two two totally different things. Like mm -hmm. well, right, because you bring in new right. What are you saying, Steve? My computer is acting. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but what, what I was saying, what what I was saying before, I just love if you go back throughout the season how the puzzle piece 
these puzzle pieces were put in place. And now yeah. everything, and you, and we come to find out this whole framework thing in terms of Ada was only to trap the shield team to, just to get them out of the way to what, what she was actually doing, which I think is absolutely right. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, um, no, she's, she's a smart, she's a smart robot. <laughs> I'm just like really, uh, just very interested to see like, um, again, cause I, I'm starting to see pieces about what's going to happen in the end, but I still really have no honest clue what's going to happen. So I'm really loving that um, the writers are like able to do this so so well and still keep us like on the edge of our seats because right. I don't think any of us honestly knows what's going to happen. Well, I think, no, still... I, think, I think that's what's brilliant is that they're not letting enough information out to keep us properly intrigued and keep us coming back more. Yeah, because so well, they learn their lesson. They learn their I lesson. I think their way of suspending our I help suspend. <laughs> <laughs> what, Steve, Steve? <laughs> I got to restart. Okay. 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 If, if you're able to come back on, I'll let you back on. But here's here's the here's the thing how I look at this season. The writers learned their lesson from last season from actually revealing that somebody was gonna die. So like they learned their lesson from the previous season. They mm-hmm. they learned okay we're not doing the same thing that we did before. We're we're not revealing anything until the very end. And quite honestly, I think if they did that, I think Lincoln's death last season would have had a lot of more emotional gravitas. What do you guys think about? That? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably, but I think they needed to build Lincoln up as a character yeah. more personally well, yeah, for, well, yeah, for, me to, to, for me to have any kind of emotional uh, response. My emotional response actually more Ward or Hyde yeah. because it was Brett going away. Um, Truth be I told, I'm really on Nikki. Like, I'm on Nikki on that. Connection. I didn't feel a connection as much to Lincoln. In fact, I didn't think he and Chloe had any chemistry, really. And I think I said that on the podcast. I was like, I don't see the relationship. They had chemistry as friends, maybe, but not I did as... Not, right. I did not feel like that was a realistic pairing. I thought it was just kind of forced. Yeah. Um, and, but I think they did like, but I still, like they have used it to great effect because like even if we don't necessarily <laughs> believe it like they understand that and they killed him to like allow it to allow him to serve a purpose beyond like where it was because they were because they were real I think they realized like pretty fairly early on that it was actually not working as well as they wanted right. it to so they um repurposed yeah. it basically yeah. which yeah. unfortunately involved with yeah. not getting a job but you know well, I, I, well he's on uh, Blindside now uh, Blindside Blind now but, um, um, I think that the way it was written it seemed like he was way more into Sky Daisy than she was into him. Yeah, and I think that that could be. A, they probably they might have done that deliberately because she was still had been burned so badly by the war thing. But I think that um, getting rid of Lincoln, I think, gave him a hero's death um, in the way he did it. And I was like, okay, well, I like the character. I'm gonna miss him, but it was it was really okay to say goodbye to Brett. But I think we're all. But I think we're all the same wavelength of what we're saying here is that if if a character's worth is like you know that he died that he died for something and that and that's what the character's worth was ultimately for you did you did kind of a bad job in representation of the character meaning that like in his death meant more than actually him being alive which doesn't really happen much on tv but that i'm i am glad though that they actually did do something with this character so so it makes sense why daisy's been acting the way she's been acting this whole year since his death and i think she she bears a lot of guilt over that whole situation i think most of her emotion over lincoln's death is guilt well well, i also think that's why she's so happy to see trip again because i mean she's never talked about it but like more or less she did kill 
sort of. Yeah, yeah. it was. It wasn't her. It wasn't her. It wasn't something she knew was going to happen, but it was because of something she did. And but I, but she knows that Trip would never have blamed her. That's yeah. the thing. But still, but she I think did. there's always that need for redemption. There's always that need for forgiveness. But um, I don't know. I think she's. I think this has been a lot. I think the framework has been closure for most of her characters. Which is like a, I was going to use that word because that's a word that um, Grant used a ton whenever he was in. Um, but when he was like going after the people who, who uh, like he hated and reasonably so but it's just like um, this show really is a lot about like um, how you deal with terrible situations and like how um, uh, how it really is comes down to like being around people who care about you to fix them and um, like I just read a great article on Hypable.com a little while ago about um, how this show like is basically doing the uh, is basically like critiquing this government that we have now in the uh, way it deserves it should because um, uh, they're not doing it as satire they're doing it as like a hypothetical in a way that allows us to um, uh, see a solution without it be, without like really necessarily pinning it on like a person or a group of people it's about uh, like coming together to make change for ourselves right. and not for uh, um, and not just for one person you know and truthfully right. truthfully speaking the framework was done in such a way that these people had to face the ghosts of their past even if they whether they wanted to or not so right. and this was like the only vehicle because like because like James just said, they've been building to this since season one. They've been building to this for a long time. So for the, for these people to finally get some kind of closure out of the deal, I mean, like the, like this is the only reason that they would do a storyline like this. The only bad thing is though, I hate to see some people go because they were represented so well in this half season. And I also like, um, like I said before, this little bit is basically just like a soft reboot in a lot of ways because it's giving a, yeah, it's giving like a good solid end to a lot of these arcs and it's also allowing the show to kind of like pick up um, from new when, when, if they do get a season 5 and it still hasn't been announced yet if they are or not yeah and, then, <laughs> and that's really starting to bug me but Schwarmer Award guys I, I just have to say Clark Gregg I mean it, it really did seem like the it really did seem like the writers were intentionally kind of like pushing other people to the side so he could get that epic scene at the end right or wrong I understand why they did it if they did it that way but I really enjoyed his Captain America speech and somewhere Captain America is either saluting Carlton or shaking his fist at him and saying, hey, I said that two weeks ago. You can't steal my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I. It looks like Steve has put in his uh, nomination is for Clark as well. Yes, oh. I, I don't think he, it pushed anybody aside actually to have Clark have Coulson step up. I think it was a chance the writers gave the character because yeah. to tell to be Coulson again. Um, I think he wasn't being Coulson. He said little little hints in the last two episodes, but this is the episode where he embraced his Coulsonness <laughs> and really came back to who he is. And I thought it was a thing of beauty, and I was so proud. I cried when he flipped the bat. It was like that's that's my man. That's <laughs> this is this is the one. This is the guy who made me fight for him. And I if would I fight again, for and him. if I was the showwriter, I'd kill the bomb, kill him off at the end just to make the fans mad. But again, I'm a mean person. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, two quick questions, real quick. Um, was okay. this the episode? Was this one, was this episode or last episode that there was that interrogation scene with uh, Radcliffe and um, Fitz's dad? Say again. Was it this episode or last episode that was the interrogation? Oh scene no no no! It was this episode. Where, it was this episode. Where Radcliffe took that 
sick, like, like uppercut thrust to the throat. Felt really bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I um, I will say that John Hanna deserves a special mention just for that scene because it made me really like Radcliffe again because he's been doing that so often. <laughs> like, John Hanna. I'm, I'm sorry. I hate people like that personally. I hate them. Like, I I just like that it kind of redeemed Radcliffe in a little bit in a little way. Yeah. And I I mean if if anybody could come back from this, I mean I would love it to be Trip or yeah. Bakshi or Hope. I think yeah. Hope would be Pearl Red, could be my choice. Radcliffe does not Radcliffe think... does not need to be redeemed. Yeah. He should Her. he should he should wallow in he should wallow in the destruction that he brought. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, um, but I think he but I think he like he deserves to um at least try to make some kind of amend to like yeah. his errors because he's already like in a situation where um he's basically screwed because he's uh, he's dead in real life so he can't go anywhere else. They just true, like, well, true. I so, didn't, true. I didn't think of that. And, and, yeah. and knowing the writers, he probably will get that honestly. Well, I mean, he's kind of getting it with like him uh giving the uh um making Pitts' dad mad, which is good. So yeah, yeah. He's just basically but, um, him off. And... Yeah, and and then just like I I admire that about John Hanna, but um I will. But I, anyways, going on um just to be like the dark horse here, I will. I think I actually have to give this one to Brett because like that scene where he was like uh basically every scene where he was talking to Daisy in this episode just like really made brought me close to tears just because I could tell that he was well you love the character, the character. well that and also just the character like you could tell he was um really he, he almost felt he felt like a real person and I was like um I really honestly felt every scene that he was in and I, I'm given a lot of, I mean Brett's just like he's such a good actor so I'm gonna give it to him but Clark is definitely the second one for sure yeah I'm, I'm well, sorry well, the Brett, big... Brett was Brett was my my second place I will for the same reasons and, and I've already talked about it before but I, I'm sorry I kind of I kind of I kind of laughed at those scenes not the performance not the performance itself just the dialogue because I'm just thinking if you replace the like like Brett Dalton's voice with Clay Bennett's voice it would pretty much be the exact same thing well it doesn't that doesn't make a difference because that's like that goes to show you who these care like their relationship in a lot of ways right. and that's why it seems so powerful is because like it's very clear that um Brett for sure understands the relationship that or at least like the relationship that Grant pictured with uh, Daisy in his head, and I'm pretty sure that like we can always tell who. Um, and like, I think even though Chloe kind of denies it, like I'm pretty sure that we know that Daisy like felt it for a little while there too. Oh, so yeah, yeah. We can... uh, I'm just, I'm just saying to to leave it a, to leave it a little bit more positive about but about the character of Ward. I do like what James said earlier that we are getting that we are getting closure with the character, and we are we are seeing like a, a, an official end and a much better one than he, the real Ward had got. There were like, yeah. Cause... I think we got to say goodbye to him uh, because we spent some, several minutes while he was floating around his base waiting to die. Uh, but that was really high. So I think this is our chance to really say goodbye to, our, to Ward. The Ward we knew from the pilot. The Ward we knew. Um, and not to have to... Um, uh, Coulson like crush his chest like a freaking madman. <laughs> even though, even though that, was a very, that was a very badass thing for Coulson to do, I can say. It's still just like, it's still a pretty crappy ending because he doesn't like really that's... Hey man, if not... it was anybody other than Grant Ward getting that done to you, you wouldn't have reacted the way no but I'm still like saying because if, if it's a character that we knew for that long like if you're just using him as like a way to basically give Coulson a piece of guilt then like it's really not it's not the I don't think Coulson feels guilty about doing that honestly well he, he did, did. 
so, he did. It was very so, clear that he did. You guys yeah, so didn't like, talk about it. And, and yeah, but like Grant affected everyone on that team, and just to have him like get an end with just Colson was kind of cheap. I'm just, so I'm just saying. So I like needed, the, I'm glad that needed to say goodbye to him. Which is, which is what this this arc is doing, which is why I'm happy. Yeah, so. that's what and I mean. Letting us say goodbye to Trip because we never got to say goodbye to Trip because it happened so suddenly and unexpectedly. And, and with and only with Daisy again. So yeah, Daisy, I think this yeah. what, which is what this which is what this arc is giving us is giving us a chance for like all the characters who knew this who knew these people well and like got a chance get a chance to like right. settle their even, even Bakshi gets a gets a goodbye because he died so suddenly that we did get to say goodbye. So I think that the writers are very smart that like, taking the no regrets attitude that they're like this is what Ada was doing was taking away their greatest regret. And if and Constant, and if Constant Zimmer was a, terms with it and say say goodbye. And if Constant mm-hmm. Zimmer was available, I I would assume that she would have been in the framework as well. But apparently she wasn't available. <laughs> To do, uh, to yeah, do this. I, I think it was closure for us and it was closure for some of the characters to, to be able to say goodbye to these parts of their past that they never had a chance to and whether... Or at least you know, they never got a chance to, like, um, say have, their, or, have, their, have their say. Right. They never got a chance to express how they felt. Um, yeah. So I think that's what the whole Coulson and Ward, you know, oh, relationship in the framework actually, has, is... And actually, you know, you know it, what? You know what I think this is actually, like, especially for other characters in relation to Grant specifically, like, it's... Um, the reason why some of them feel so angry about it is that like he was he was this nice person that they cared about so much in real life before the Hydra reveal so yeah they were family it's them, it's them getting to like settle with that part of him right. and those memories of him without yeah because like, they were family before Ward did but they right. did quite frankly they never they never really recovered from what Grand Ward did exactly at the so end that's of what, that's what this that's what this is, is yeah them so. so in the end our Schwarber Ward based on majority majority is the winner is Clark with uh Brett Dalton getting honorable mention. The, Yes. Yay, Swarmer Award. The first runner-up. Yes. So should Clark not be able to fulfill his responsibilities as this week's Swarmer Award winner? <laughs> which he then, always does. Right, which he always does. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be then, sending uh, we'll be sending him a, uh, his third golden Swarmer Award because I think he's at least one, two. Yeah. Brett or Clark? Clark, is, Clark has won, won at least three Swarmers, I think, this year. <laughs> well, we just love Clark, you know. So. <laughs> and it's, you know, you always make fun of me because every week, except for a couple times, I nominate him, so. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> Got, we, we got you got Jeffy last week. And, or yeah, Jeffy. Jason, so. I've had Jeffy a few yeah. times. And I, and I almost never nominate Clark because somebody always does. I always use, I like to be like the odd one out. But you can't deny Coulson's speech at the end of this episode. Oh, God. When he flipped the bad. Oh. Well, not even I that. Mean, but Coulson, when, but, 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 but when, not even that, when he goes into, like, a long time ago, somebody t- somebody told me, blah, blah, blah. When he go, got into that stuff, I was like, yeah, yeah. Steve Rogers would be proud. But feedback. That was actually Nick Fury who told him a lot of that stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. But I'm just saying, the way he talked, he sounded a lot like Chris Evans in The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. But but feedback time, guys. So from our good friend Aaron at Rain Beast, as always, <clears throat> hello and tough traffic flow agents. I hope life's been kind to you all. I had the worst cold ever. Oh, no. Um, I can't stop coughing and tiny ninjas throwing stars, throwing throwing stars in my lungs. Oh dear. Aaron, please get better. <laughs> yes. Um, the box you report. Oh geez, if this did, if it could, of course it would be this guy. Great to see Simon cast though. Set kind of Simon though. I hope this, uh, story keeps bringing back familiar faces. Yeah, I'm actually interested to see if they actually still like have a few tricks up their sleeve with people they're going to bring back these next couple weeks. If they bring back Constant <laughs> Zimmer or Ruth 
Brittenegger. Probably not Brittenegger, but if they brought back Constance Zimmer, it'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I got, yeah, I can't, I can't see them bringing Ruth Nega back, but yeah. Yeah, she's a little yeah. busy right now. Trevor Jeffy. Uh, uh, there's no way they can bring Jeffy back, I don't think, that anyway. Yeah. Um, I just realized one familiar face who can never come back, Bill Paxton. I remember what Clark Riggs said about him was beautiful. Um, Daisy's transformation. Now it's inspiring or heartbreaking as the first time, but still darn cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, me and Daisy haven't lost a step. They're badasses ever. Except uh, poor Ming-Na Wen has hurt her leg, so we have to... Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, right. So, she, she had like a little leg injury, didn't she? Like, she yeah, busted she had a, she's been in her cast, uh, or like been in a brace for the past few weeks. So. Damn. Um, Ping may taking out bad guys because she's in the Matrix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seems Adaphilia doesn't, uh, didn't plan for Daisy to get her powers back, get close to her, or get quaked out a window. Big mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not think it possible for a machine to be on edge. Why can't I remember this guy's name? All I know is I watched him for how oh, helpful himself. Oh, just superior. call, just uh, call yeah, him Soupy. Third. Just call him what we call him Soupy. Or we could just call him Borscht because that's Russian for soup. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Natasha? <laughs> Uh, my primary director requires me to protect these people. Aw, uh, you have a sweet way of showing it, except for Gemma and Daisy. Those girls are a threat. <laughs> First to hear Mace's mean. Hell yeah. Well, I love that her her programming is still working and it like, really angers her. I thought that was really interesting. That yeah. Her primary directive is still there. Even with everything that's happened, she's still doing that. You can even see, like, in the um uh last week when she, like, uh walked over to, like, disconnect Jeffy's body from the framework. Like, you can even see, like, there was this, like, kind of poison is delicious glee that she was taking so much delight and just pressing that button. It was, it was like, oh, hold on, hold on, guys. This probably explains why she wanted Fitz to kill Agnes instead of herself. Like, oh, she, yeah. like she couldn't. She can't. Like, she literally couldn't. Like, really and truly, we're not seeing Ada do anything like physically evil to anybody. She's motivated other people, but she can't do it because of her purpose. But that's really interesting. Yeah, it's. Mm. And also, like, we have to remember, like, there's also this whole thing where. Um, <laughs> apparently the soup that Soupy has missiles trained on Daisy and Gemma's plane, so that's yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, we forgot to mention that, but go on, go on. Um, the Patriot brought all these people together, he's definitely tear them apart. Well, I think you're just gonna have to step up, Colson, like you do. <laughs> um, it's so good to see BJ again, even if Trip isn't real. Yeah, I know. Jason, Oma- Jason, you're gone, but not forgotten. You'll always be there in patriotic spirit. Yes. <laughs> um, when an enemy, sac- enemy sacrifices his life for yours, you have to question. Anyone who doesn't question that is beyond help, which is great. Which just says a lot about May, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, a hangover made of bees. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm fine not having a superpower. I just don't care that they're not real bees. Just the thought of making me run away screaming. Well, 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 remember when she first got her powers, like in the second season, she did get that weird kind of feedback noise, obviously, like off and on. So that's what she was yeah. talking about. Yeah, I love that they keep. Ref- I like that these writers like are so uh, like they remember, like they um, keep track of everything, and they um, because we'll uh, tell them if they forget. <laughs> Continuity, yes. Mickey's favorite thing. Yes. Yep. Um, Send a message to people, but send a message to the people. Betrayal will not be tolerated. That's my son. <laughs> Such a sweet family moment of eviling together. Yes. Aww. <laughs> now she now she misspelled this, so I'm just going to say the misspelling just for the heck of it. But she's the new head of Hydra. And does anyone imagine Fist's story would end up anywhere near to those words not too long ago it sounded preposterous? I mean, <laughs> I had a chance to join S.H.I.E.L.D. and I said no because I was afraid, because I'm the same way you're afraid right now. Colson the Ward. It's nice to see him trying not to kill each other for once. <laughs> but it was also like a really genuine moment with them, and I'm just Ah, yeah. I like it. Um, Victoria Hand, she was the first person to tell me that I was to be a good man. This guy was the one who made me believe it. Ah, damn it. That's, a, again, with 
<laughs> that's that's the set. That's my feelings about Grant Ward right there. In the I'm really seasons. wondering what this version of Sky was before Daisy stepped in. I know. Yeah. It's probably the same thing. It's just that she didn't like. Uh, um, Except she was Hydra. Basically, um, that one choice, one regret, one sentence. All Ward needed was a mentor who didn't feed into his dark thoughts to turn him into a murder straighter. See, you get it, Aaron. <laughs> um, you know, there is such a thing as free will. Nonetheless, <laughs> yes. I mean, that's that's what I mean. Really, if Grant was still alive, this would be like uh, what his regret would be, or at least I don't I think he would have. He wouldn't necessarily regret if it was the real one in the real life that you wouldn't regret it. But like, this is exactly what would happen to Grant. Don't worry, James. I'll talk to I'll talk to Nico James. And, I'll talk to Nico James, and you can get your own podcast about why you love Grant Ward. Just episodes <laughs> on it of why you love Grant Ward. <laughs> or just one. I could just do any one. But anyway, <laughs> yes, yes, Daisy. Unless Ada works on magic last week, our poor Jason Omara has passed on and is no more. Now on expatriate. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's a funny pod, no matter what. But nonetheless. Oh, that's, that's, that's a that's a Brett pod right there. <laughs> Except she included a crying emoji and a heart afterwards. So. Yeah. Quaking your grenade back to the bad guy who shot at you. Not fair for the other team, but really hilarious and that, also pretty badass. That was <laughs> awesome. I love that picture. Yeah, that airstrike was my order. Hey, you didn't know, Daisy. Doesn't change what I did. Doesn't change it, but it does change you. Yeah. I guess so. If Project Looking Glass is complete, it won't matter. This body won't matter. It does want to be a real girl. <laughs> I've got no streak. There are no streaks. I'm sorry, James James Spader needs to release that as a single because he's so creepy and beautiful. Still, the, still awesome. the most underrated villain performance in all of Superhero Agreed. Yeah, like everything you everything you read about him doing that, like he put it he really acted as that. Yeah, and like he was awesome. on set with the mocap stuff on. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I hate that audiences keep like harping over the fact that he couldn't memorize remember the word children. Like, really, that is like the only thing you take away from his whole performance is that he goofed the word children. Like, come on, we're moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac, I get it. These wounds won't heal overnight, but for reasons I fully can't explain, you'd trust this woman, so should you. Yes, Colson, because she's your lobster. <laughs> I don't remember that line, but <laughs> I just thank you no, for the th- a, thank you for the friends. Reference. Thank you for the friends reference, Aaron. We appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, I have never seen Friends. Anyway, she's building it, just not in this world, and I know what, now I know what it'll do. Simmons. <laughs> hey, Inferior, take that knife off Colson's throat. <laughs> Thank you. Ada wants to create living tissue. He wants to be a real girl. So I'm betting she'll, she's seen Pinocchio. So girl, why don't you just take the ass first and temper tantrum second? <laughs> now see, well, I'll talk about this in spoilers. Anyway, they broke her spine. I want them dead. Don't you snap at me, boy. Drew, he is not. This despicable creature doesn't have an ounce of warmth in him. <laughs> yeah, like I said, even though as much as Fitz talks, uh, talks big, he doesn't, he's not nothing, he's like, his father will still control him the day. The Cassica's perfor- <laughs> performance in that scene when his father like snaps back at him and he becomes all timid, that's one of my favorite performances that Leo, that uh, Andy Cassica's done, because that was just so like minuscule, but it meant so much. Yeah, he's just a very, just he, he always manages to make some, bring something big to the table. But fix your hair, Leo, we do not need that hair <laughs> I can't totally show you, even to my own father. Please get rid of him. He's a nasty piece of work. <laughs> Daisy finding that trip in the framework was is in the framework was beautiful. I still remember how awful it was to let she had to watch him die. Yeah. Mm. And he actually looked and he also died thinking that she was dead too, so you know. Mm. I know for a way to he has to, he has to get back home, Daisy. But by us you don't mean me. That's that killed me. That was oh so sorry, Warden. Unless Fitz and A succeed and you can use that text somehow, hopefully. No. Um, no. 
<laughs> um, do what you will. I have nothing left to give. You'll be disappointed with your son again. Radcliffe, I never know what to think of you, but you always fascinate me. Like I said, John Hannah, like, he always manages to make some kind of, bring something into this role that's just like, ah. Yeah, you know I, I, I hate, I hate Radcliffe, but I love John Hannah. Too. John Hannah's just like so likable as an actor that like you can't help but like root for his characters whenever he's, he plays He's them. very much like, he's very much like Crowley from Supernatural is that he's just like a character that you never know where he stands. That's why that's why people see so much juice still left in that food. But moving on. <laughs> um, and it's Mark Shepard, and he's perfect. Yeah, Mark Shepard's amazing. But moving on. Okay. Maybe the only way is maybe the only way to solve our problems is solve their problem. I'll always forever follow Colson whenever he says the right thing. <laughs> yes, Bravo, Colson. That was one of my other favorite lines. What? Do I have something in my teeth, Colson? <laughs> no, it's just I feel like we've done this before. If you feel this like screaming because you have at the screen, it isn't going to help at all. <laughs> Have we seen Mabe help him with his tie? We've seen that a couple times, so. right? Yeah. Thinking, like anytime Cole's, like uh, that one scene, that one episode where they like went undercover in the ball or whatever, I think is like. Oh yeah, when yeah. they were when they were pretending to be like the Geek Squad people from season one. Well, that too. Um, no, she's done it a few times. Yeah, I know I'm not going to leave, going with you when you leave, but at least I can help out from this side. God, I really love. I'm just saying this as me and Aaron. I really love this warden. I have to say goodbye to Brett Dalton again. <laughs> Yeah. After you're gone, do I get my sky back? Excuse me while I go get all the tissues. Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. Do you want it to be a sunny sky or a cloudy sky? No. I'm just taking a moment here to reflect on all my thoughts and use some colon R. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> for what it's worth, I didn't, I didn't totally understand it until I met you, so I guess, I guess there was some good in him after all, and I hope this guy comes back to you. Time for tissue trip number two. <laughs> Yeah, Clark Gray, keep saying the Patriots name. Keep reminding me that Jason Miller always moved on. Keep twisting that knife. <laughs> My name is Phil Colson, and I'm the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, you are, buddy. <laughs> and there it is, another episode that I'm proud of everyone for, and it ensures that enthusiasm was a, that was a teensy part of helping revive Colson like a TV Tinkerbell stay stoked. And another, that reminds me how lucky you are for this to become reality. It's also the first director since, episode since another change of director. <laughs> I figured they have to make me love him and snatch him away. Sad to see I was right. Anyway, this whole season's been a fantastic trip. P.S. They're teasing Colson's death for next week. No, bad commercial. You think about what you've done. <laughs> PPS. Oh my, what a season has been. These last three episodes are going to kill me, aren't they? <laughs> and that was all from Aaron. Hi. Thank you, Aaron. Yes. Thanks, Aaron, as always. Okay, from our good friend Morgan, who is always awesome. Um, hey guys, just a quick thoughts before tonight when I fall asleep on my keyboard. <laughs> okay, I love seeing May and Daisy work together, and yes, 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 Daisy has her quick powers back, nicely done blasting it out the window. <laughs> I love Trip, but that's no surprise. I'm just really out the, the question why they had to kill him off in season two. He's too perfect. I want him to stay forever. Carl! You can't do it like, <laughs> can't do it like Trip's story. Can't do it what? You can't do it like Trip says, girl! You know, girl, I'm, you know, this, this girl, that story's too crazy to not be real. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Trip like is always the one who just like he will listen to anyone. Like, that's just ah. Trip pretty much got any girl he wanted in high school, didn't he? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Could have had me too. <laughs> just, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like he's just Still could. he's just so charming. He's just so ch- charming that like well, it's very hard not to like this guy. Between yeah. Fitz and Trip and uh, Mac and Col- and, uh, and Jeffy Lance. and Lance and Lance. Uh, yeah. I I, I I would I would alternate weekends with them. 
Oh, for them, for them, I, I believe in polygamy. I give a damn about my reputation. Yes, anyway. that, that, w- that would be the new HBO show Geek Big Love, spit off yeah. of the original show. <laughs> Big geeky love, anyway. Yes. Yep. Um, I also really love seeing all the ironic parallels in War of the Framework. Back to Framework War was saved by Victoria Hand's brilliant writing. Mm-hmm. Every time they show Mac with his daughter, I cry a little. They're just too sweet, and the only thing from the Framework I wish could still exist in the real world. Yeah, I mean, from a writing standpoint, the only the one that makes the most sense to bring back is Hope. Hope, I agree. Yeah. So, but um. But I don't want it but, to be like the cute kid syndrome on like on shows when they did that. Like you know what I'm talking about. But moving. Yeah, up. it's she's not going to be a cousin Oliver. Trust me. Yeah, I think she's. If I that's... think uh, I really hope that they do bring her back. That they make her into Moon Girl because she looks exactly like Moon Girl. And, yeah. and I and I don't think that's by accident either. Oh sure, <laughs> of course not. But um, anyway, Fitz's father still the worst. Framework fits still breaks my heart. <laughs> every version of Coulson trusts every version of May in every universe. Even if he doesn't understand why. Oh, true friendship and partnership. I love it. BFFs. And also Raymans, but whatever. <laughs> no. Um, no. Um, okay, so Ada wants to be a real girl. Hell no. That can only end badly. So much. So I'd rather see Lord get his body back in Team Shield again. Or better yet, give us back trip for real. Bakshi's back. Bakshi's back and it's great. The only one thing I really do like about the framework is that's giving us so many great throwback characters. Throwbacks to characters we love in this as well as some really cool Easter eggs. OMG, Ward and Daisy's conversation at the end. So many feels, so many tears. That was a beautiful moment. Okay, and finally, my name is Phil Coulson. I'm the of S.H.I.E.L.D. Dead. I am dead from feels overload. <laughs> that was the best way to end the episode, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. Great episode. Next week looks terrifying. Coulson cannot die and he cannot have a real body. No, no. Deep breaths. And until next week, Morgan. <laughs> Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. As always, you're awesome. If you'd like to share your thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., remember to tweet us at Across Airwaves after each episode or email us at Across the Airwaves at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 773-809-3363. Seriously, we, we can put it on the podcast. You can call and tell us what you want to feel and we'll just... Simon, if you're listening, call us. You're awesome. Simon. We'd love to hear your voice. Yes. We but, if, you. but if you're too shy, we understand. He's not shy. Come on. I promise. <laughs> I promise the, the bad man is gone. <laughs> <Shyman>. <laughs> you will be amongst friend only. No, no obsessed little fanboy will will hurt you. We won't let him. He's he's <laughs> gone away. Yes. Anyway. So if, and now let's roll that pre-recorded closing. Get at our across the airways podcast. Get at our website. Across the airways dot com. that's across the airways dot com. You can check out all of our podcast shows available as their own individual program get the iTunes store get Google Play store guys for the podcast shows cut our network we have the DC Nation podcast located at dcnation.acrosstheairwaves.com again that's dcnation.acrosstheairwaves.com which reviews popular DC comics related TV shows get movies there's also the Marvelverse podcast located at marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairwaves.com again that's marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairwaves.com which reviews Marvel comic related TV shows get movies again we also have Throats Cat car podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes on HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website throatscast.acrosstheairways.com. Again, that's throatscast.acrosstheairways.com. In addition to these programs, you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast, which is accessible at acrosstheairways.com, which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes, core Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more, including sitcoms such as The Midnight Theory, God the Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Throatscast, the Game of Thrones podcast, and the Marvelverse podcast, got the mixed radio station, Code by Jack. Stitcher Radio. Or if you use Apple devices, download the podcast box app. Get if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our app from the Amazon Marketplace. Get the Windows Marketplace. Get a regular Windows or Windows phone app. Get for how you can contact us. 
to give your own listeners feedback. Got a TV shows we review. Provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience. Or just want to say, do you like what we're doing? Email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Comment on our Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Got across airwaves. There's no vibe. It's just across airwaves. Join our circle. Got Google Plus. Or leave us a voicemail by calling 773-809-336. Again, that's 773-809-336. Call us when sending us an email. Please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Get this subject line. Give you are sending us Christopher feedback while it's on the air. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies, get television events. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic-Con, and it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic-Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic-Con special. So if you're not sticking around for spoilers, let's get for our other ATA podcast hosts, Nico Reifstack, Mike J. Petty, and Steve Nostro, who is having technical issues, but we, if we miss, I'm Nikki Amy. And James Hayford. I'm Wes Kim, who is about to do a R&B group called Shyman now. <laughs> and until our next episode, we will catch you all in the Marvelverse. We miss you, Dan. We miss you, brother. What if I told you there was a way to be reborn? Hate is building a body for herself in the real world. A human body. She wants free will, which would allow her to unplug the framework killing us all. Daisy's looking for a way out. You may proceed. Not on my watch. New Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next Tuesday, 10, 9 central, ABC. So what you just heard was the audio for the preview of next week's deal, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., entitled Farewell, True World. <laughs> the clock is ticking for Daisy and Simmons to get the team out of the framework, but not everyone is ready and willing to leave, <laughs> which loads it two ways because yep. now they're, okay, so apparently someone can't get out and someone doesn't want to, which... What do you think is Mac who doesn't want to get out because he's uh, found out sometime in that episode that hope isn't out there? Well, that and also I think um, not just Mac, but I feel like there's a couple other characters who may not want to go. I'm pretty sure May doesn't pretty sure colson does daisy and Gemma, obviously but uh colson for example yeah <laughs> or and also i feel like probably someone's gonna get caught so they have to like Legal like colson colson's probably gonna get caught and they probably have to stage a rescue mission for him so that they can get him out here's, here's the only here's the only small little small little like snafu to the problem of bringing hope into the real world how are they going to evolve this character who's a young girl who isn't real i mean this act, i mean this actress is gonna age how do uh, how do how do you presume? How do you presume they're gonna have her grow into an actual person if she's like an LMD body? No, it's not an LMD body. It's a real human flesh and blood body. That's what Ada wants. Yeah, so that's what she's use building. Project Looking Glass on, on her. Okay. A, okay then. Okay then. Then that solves it then, because it's gonna be really awkward the other way. Yeah. yeah. But um, what I the thing about Ada getting a real body though means that you can just like, all it takes is a bullet. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. And also she loses like Ultron does all of her like uh, inter webby capabilities and whatnot so i mean but it's like the it's like the raiders of the lost ark syndrome isn't it how do you like essentially what Ada's gonna do in this episode is bring the whole framework down with everybody still inside and that's how she's gonna get rid of them they have to get the shield team has to get away from the boulder before the boulder boxes them in so to speak yeah and also like um uh it's just i really wonder like how next week's gonna go because i feel like there's um uh I feel like Ada is actually going to get a real body just because they showed her like getting in the scans and everything and the with the um uh in the preview and I think like the question is going to become like how fast can they all get out before um Ada hits the button to shut the framework down. And we have to mention that there could be a possibility
possibility that the Ada, the actual Ada body that she's building, may not even look like Mallory Jansen. Well, that or it might even like uh, end up as bruised and battered up as her body is in the framework too. Because even though she said it wouldn't matter, like we have no real guarantee of that because it's never been tested. And maybe, and maybe that's. Uh, and maybe that's an opening for Mallory Jansen to continue on in season five. If we have a season five of her, be, her being like the new, her being like the new Raina, basically, you don't know if you can trust her. You don't know whose side she's on, but she's still in this world, just kind of broken physically I, and emotionally. I well, don't she's know. She's also now killable. Yeah. Yeah. But I also don't know if that's going to happen because I think like Ada's definitely getting like her pretty strong arc as it is and she doesn't need a second one. But, and, uh, but again, like, I, I, I think the writers are leaving it open that possibility. Possibility if they want to go. They're down leaving there. so many possibilities open. It's kind of awesome. In the yeah, ways. yeah. But again, once again, just like last week's teaser, they gave us every like in typical Marvel fashion. They gave us everything. They gave us nothing. Right. Yep. That's why I love their trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, this is something I wrote down like basically immediately after the episode or the next day after the episode, just because I thought of it and I didn't want to lose it. And it's basically that I feel like the season was like um pretty much already planned out from the beginning, and they were gonna like I think they're gonna just extend the LMD part a lot but I think like Marvel came to them and asked them if they wanted to do Ghost Rider and so they did that and they were like oh now we can use this as a convenient opening to bring the Darkhold in so um, I think if we do get season 5 it's probably going to be much more um, Darkhold centric and dark magic focused because I think they the Darkhold's really been kind of an enabler this uh, season but it hasn't really been like a real focus a real ending point so I wonder if like next season's going to be uh, like Ghost Rider's going to come back and they're going to start using his uh, stories a little bit more could be I'm, I'm not going to rule it out because of the way they like ended both both Robbie and Uncle Eli's story, which like I said last week seems like a lifetime ago now. But right. but at the but at the, but at the same time, well, like we should we shouldn't speculate too much because for one thing, we don't know if we're gonna get to season five for sure. But we don't, if we do, I'm sure it's like we that. don't we don't know who's gonna make it out of the framework. We don't know where the Ada storyline is gonna go. We don't know a lot of things. But I, I'm not saying James is wrong. I think that is a possibility. But like. James said earlier, there's so many different ways to go with this. Right, and I'm yeah. glad that they're still leaving all these variables open to us because it again builds. Which would piss me off if this is the last season because it's just so so many doors they've like blown wide open, so to speak. Yeah, yeah that is it for our discussion of spoilers. We'll see you all next week. Excelsior!